eternal Father, glory be unto your name, for the whole earth will speak forth of your glory and praise. And we pray, Lord, that we will positively speak of your praise and glory on this earth. Lord in heaven, we are grateful and happy that you have given us the privilege of life. Lord, we look forward to the day when you will come to pick us from the earth to your kingdom. But prior to that time, we are still here and we have our characters to perfect. On that note, Lord, and opportunities before us to fellowship with you and we pray that in these hours of fellowship, that in these minutes of fellowship, that you shall grant to us the fitting up for your kingdom, that we shall learn another lesson that will help us to be qualified to be in the society of heavenly angels. There's a lot we need to know and we understand that, that we are not yet there. Now is the time to fit us up, Lord. Please grant us of your spirit graciously. Put your words in my mouth, O Lord, that I may speak blessings to your children. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 19. His last mistake. Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. The faith of Uzzah was a divine judgment upon the violation of a most explicit command. Through Moses, the Lord had given special instruction concerning the transportation of the ark. None but the priests, the descendants of Aaron, were to touch it, or even to look upon it uncovered. The priests were to cover the ark, and then the Kohathites must lift it by the staffs which were placed in rings upon each side of the ark and were never removed. To the Gershonites and Merarites who had in charge the curtains and boards and pillars of the tabernacle, Moses gave carts and oxen for the transportation of that which was committed to them. But unto the sons of Kohat he gave none, because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. Numbers chapter 7 verse 9. Thus, in the bringing of the ark from Kirjat Jearim, there had been a direct and inexcusable disregard of the Lord's directions. The Philistines, who had not a knowledge of God's law, had placed the ark upon a cart when they returned it to Israel, and the Lord accepted the effort which they made. But the Israelites had in their hands a plain statement of the will of God in all these matters, and their neglect of these instructions was dishonoring to God. Upon Uzzah rested the greater guilt of presumption. Transgression of God's law had lessened his sense, and with unconfessed sins upon him, he had, in face of the divine prohibition, presumed to touch the symbol of God's presence. God can accept no partial obedience, no lax way of treating his commandments. By the judgment upon Uzzah, he designed to impress upon all Israel the importance of giving strict heed to his requirements. Thus, the death of that one man 
by leading the people to repentance might prevent the necessity of inflicting judgment upon thousands. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is His Last Mistake. The person being referred to here is a man called Uzzah. The Ark of the Lord in that time when Hophni and Phinehas died was taken by the Philistines. And there were some remarkable things that happened in that day which I would want to go through before we come to the story of Uzzah. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 5 reading from verse 1, it says, And the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the Ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they arose early on the morrow, on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon, the, upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emeralds, even Ashdod and the coasts thereof. And when the men of Ashdod saw it was so, they said, the ark of the God of Israel shall not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon our God. They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried about unto Gath. And they carried the ark of the God of Israel about Thida. And it was so that after they had carried it about, the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he smote the men of the city, both small and great, and they had emeralds in their secret parts. Wow, that's their buttocks. Emeralds is pile. Pile, that's what emeralds is. Therefore, they sent, they sent the ark of God to Ekron, and it came to pass, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought about the ark of the God of Israel to us to slay us and our people. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it go again to his own place, that it slay us not and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men that died, and the men that died not, were smitten with the emeralds, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. Wow! The presence of the Lord is something. Now the Philistines had to decide what they would do. They said they would have to send the ark on an ox cart to Israel and let them see. If the ark goes to Israel, then they will know that it is God that was smiting them. So they put the ark on an ox cart and they let the ark move the ox move by itself wherever it wants to. In first Samuel chapter six verse ten, and the men did so, and took two milch kine and tied them to the cart and shut up their cows at home. And they laid the ark of the Lord upon the cart, 
and the kofar with the mice of gold and the images of their emeralds. And the kine took the and the kine took the straight way to the way of Beth Shemesh, and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and turned and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them unto the border of Beth Shemesh, and they of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat, their wheat harvest in the valley. And they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. So here it was that the Philistines, after being smitten because of their irreverence towards the ark and because they taught to bring the Lord God Almighty to bow before their wooden god Dagon, the Lord dealt with them sorely for think for having such a thought to think that they had conquered Him. He destroyed them so greatly and struck them with emeralds. This was a lesson for the whole world to understand. That even if you will come and have victory over the people of God, do not take your evil and your triumph into thinking that you can conquer the God of heaven. The Lord dealt with them to make them understand that He is the God of gods. Now, the ark was put on a cart and they allowed the cart to go and they were just following it. And the ark went straight back to Israel in Beth Shemesh. Now, something happened in Beth Shemesh in chapter 6 verse 19. It says, And God smote the men of Beth Shemesh. Why? Because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. Even he smote of the people. Do you know how many? 50,000 and threescore and ten men. And the people lamented because the Lord had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall he go up from us? And they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kijajerim, saying, The Philistines have brought again the ark of the Lord. Come ye down and fetch it up to you. Do you see with what reverence God expected that the ark should be treated? Now, let us go to the story of Uzzah. When the ark was in the land or in the house of a certain man, David, now being king, said, it is time to take the ark back and put it in its original position in Jerusalem. When David took it, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 5, we read, And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fair wood, even of harps, and on psalteries, and on timbrels, and on cornets, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nikon's threshing flower, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased, because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Pereuzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David will not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. You see, in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 705, paragraph 1, we are told, David was astonished and greatly alarmed, and in his heart he questioned the justice of God. He had been seeking to honor the ark as the symbol of the divine presence. Why then had, had that fearful judgment been sent to turn the season of gladness into an occasion of grief and mourning. Feeling that it would be unsafe to have the ark near him, 
David determined to let it remain where it was, and a place was found for it nearby at the house of Obed-Edom. So why was it that the Lord struck him? We've already seen it. In the book of Numbers, as we read in our devotion, God had stated clearly how he wanted the ark to be treated. He wanted it to be treated sacredly. We are told in Numbers 7 verse 9, But unto the sons of Kohath he gave none, that he didn't give them an, an ox or a, car, or a cart, because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. That is, they were to carry the ark on their shoulders. But in carrying the ark, David put the ark on a cart behind the ox. And when they got to Nacon's threshing flower, because it was a threshing flower, the place, of course, would be shaky. It was a place of harvest, so the place was shaky like a farm. And because it was shaking, the ark wanted to fall, it wasn't stable. Uzzah put his hand to stabilize it, and the Lord struck him. The ark was not to be touched by anyone except the Kohats, and it was not to be put on an, on an ox cart, it was supposed to be put on the shoulders of the Kohatites. This is to teach a lesson of reverence towards God. In Conflict and Courage, page 176, paragraph 4, we are told, Upon Uzzah rested the greater guilt of presumption. Transgression of God's law had lessened his sense of his sacredness, and with unconfessed sins upon him, he had, in face of the divine prohibition, presumed to touch the symbol of God's presence. God can accept no partial obedience. That's the lesson. No lax way of treating his commandments. By the judgment upon Uzzah, God designed to impress upon us, upon all Israel, the importance of giving strict heed to his requirements. Thus, the death of that one man, by leading the people to repentance, might prevent the necessity of inflicting judgments upon thousands. There is a lesson that we learn from this story of Uzzah. In James chapter 4 verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. God requires exact obedience from us, and he will, he will be honored before those who come into his presence. Acts of irreverence towards God and his word are crimes against his government, and the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Why was it that the Lord spared the Philistines when they put the ark on an ox cart? It is because they did not know any better. The Lord will teach us that lesson. Do not judge yourself by the people you are seeing. You know some people want to say, ah, what about the Americans? What about this? What about that? They are doing this. They are doing that. Do not judge yourself by what others are doing. If the Lord, like he did for Israel, has given you instruction and you know to do good and you don't do it, the Lord will hold it against you but he will not hold it against them because they don't know. Whatever it is, we are not to compare ourselves with the world. Christians, too much we compare ourselves with the world. Israel at this time probably compared themselves with the world. Because the Philistines put the, axe, the, the ark on an ox cart, cart and nothing happened, they thought that they would also do the same thing. The Philistines didn't know any better, but Israel knew better. For doing that, the Lord judged them and punished Uzzah. Normally, look at what happened for the time of, in the days of um, um, Hophini and Phinehas. The Lord struck the people of Beth Shemesh, 50,000 plus, died in one day. The Lord was just merciful to David and the rest of the people who were singing and rejoicing. That teaches us a lesson that the Lord is not interested in your singing and rejoicing when your services are not conducted according to his order. If we bring into the service of the Lord lame offerings and do things to the Lord 
that is not in harmony with his will, he will not accept it. He requires exact obedience. You may be singing and rejoicing and dancing and all of that. If something is happening in that service that is not in harmony with his will, if you say, I'm dancing to the Lord, the Lord will reject you. Why? Because you are not doing things according to his will. Just because a place is called the temple of the Lord doesn't mean that everything you do there is acceptable. We must be careful to come before the presence of God in the exact way he said we should come and conduct the service in the exact way he said it should be conducted. And if you say, oh, I want to copy the world, I want to copy that person, this person is dressing like this to church, me too, I can dress like that. If you know any better and you choose to do it, you will be judged. But the other person who didn't know any better will not be judged. And that's why the Philistines were not judged when they put the ark on an ox cart, but Israel was judged. That is one lesson. Do not compare yourself with others. To him who knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Another lesson is the reverence itself. God is to be regarded reverentially all the time. But God requires this even more when we come into his presence and when dealing with anything that has to do with him, anything that is his property. Remember that that ark symbolized the presence of God. The altar today in our own time symbolizes the same thing. That Bible that you're holding in your hands is the communion that we take part of. The tithes and the ministers of God are also sacred. They belong to God or they represent his authority. The, the tithe and the altar, for example, represent God's property. The Bible is God's, is, represents God's authority. And his faithful minister represents his authority also and his presence. And God will not take it lightly when we treat any of these things I have just mentioned, whether it is the tithe or the altar. That is whatever you come to do in the altar, that's in the church now, the place that is called the altar, that pulpit. Whatever you come to do there, be careful that it is in line with God's word. Today, the Lord doesn't necessarily strike people. But... Do not think that he doesn't take note of this and will not visit in judgment for it. Another thing, like I mentioned, is the communion. In fact, we are told in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, reading from verse 22, he says, What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is a New Testament in my blood. These do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood and body of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, that is, many, will, many die. For if, you, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. So this is what Paul was addressing here. He was not saying that eating it unworthily means that if you eat it as a sinner, then you will die or you will be sick and all of that. No. 
Jesus gave communion to his disciples even when they were still clamoring for the supremacy and they had envy and jealousy in their hearts. He washed the feet of, Jesus, of Judas and he gave Judas communion, hoping that it will convert him. So there is nothing wrong in taking communion when you still have your sins. The reason why it is so is because through that communion, God is trying to win us back. So don't say I'm not going to the communion because I have sins in my life. That's not what this is talking about. Here Paul says clearly, when you come to eat together, that's verse 33 of 1 Corinthians 11, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So what was the problem Paul was addressing? He was not addressing the problem of people eating the communion when they have sins in their lives. No, what he was addressing was the lack of reverence that with which they held the communion they were eating it anyhow eating more than is necessary some wants to eat so much some were not even getting it and it was looked at as just a normal food that they eat for satisfaction and they eat it with irreverence that was what paul was addressing here some people read this to mean that eating unworldly means that you eat it with sin in your life nothing paul said there is referring to that but that is one of the things that belongs to god just like the ark too it must be treated with reverence remember what paul said now that some are weak some are sick and some have even fallen asleep because of the way in which they handled the communion and also like i mentioned earlier the altar the tithes these things are god's property and they represent his presence even the ministers of god we shouldn't use god's name in vain and god will not take it lightly with us and we shouldn't use it in a jest the bible should be treated sacredly even the bible is a property of god not the book itself but remember everything we should treat the book itself the book with reverence and dignity but more so the words contained in the book should be treated with respect we should never take the word of god and use it in a jest many christians go today to listen to comedies where god is being mocked where the word of god is twisted to make jokes somebody will talk about jesus and use Jesus to make joke and then people will laugh that is the same thing as Uzzah talking touching the ark the word of god will be used in the jest and ministers should not hold should not do that these things are offensive to god reading from voice in speech and songs page 270 paragraph 4 we are told the minister who is ready to engage in frivolous conversation ready to jest and laugh does not realize the sacred obligations resting upon him and if he goes from such an exercise to the pulpit the lord cannot stand by his side to bless him flowery discourses will not be sufficient to feed the soul of the famishing child of god and in page 269, paragraph 2, or reading from Evangelism now, page 206 and 207, we are told, The minister of the gospel, who is a laborer together with God, will learn daily in the school of Christ. No light trifling words will fall from his lips. For is he not an ambassador for Christ, bearing a divine message for per to perishing souls? All jesting and joking, all lightness and trifling is painful to the cross-bearing disciple of Christ." End of quote. So here, the Lord is teaching us the lesson of reverence towards Him. The Bible says in the third commandment, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. That ark, the way it was treated, was treated with irreverence, and the Lord struck Uzzah. And when we treat any of God's properties, especially the things that pertain to him, when we treat it with irreverence, whether it is the minister of God handling his name with irreverence and mocking him, the Lord takes note of it. Elisha, when he was 
coming out from the mountain where Elijah was taken and some children came and were mocking him. They were struck with death. A bear from the Lord came and destroyed all of them. Do not handle the name of God's ministers in a jest or in, a, in play. It is irreverence towards God. And the Bible, the word of God, do not use it in a jest. And even the book itself, do not handle it with irreverence. It is a mockery to God. Also, the tithe that belongs to God is his property. Do not handle it with irreverence. Do not take it from God, for that is robbery. And the Lord talked about it. And he said that many of us will have our holes, the holes of our pockets leaking because of not returning a faithful tithe. And then there is also the communion that has been mentioned. Look at the consequence of not being reverential towards a communion. Sickness, death, and weakness in spirit, in faith. We should be careful towards the things that pertain to God and treat it reverentially. That is the lesson we learn from here. David learned that lesson and he the next time came to do things aright. In the book of 2 Samuel chapter 6 reading from verse 11 to 15 it says, And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. This is a consequence of being reverential towards God. God will bless you. And it was told King David saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertained unto him because the ark, because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bare the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen effort. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Amen. And the blessing of the Lord rested upon them because they did things aright this time. May the Lord help us that we would learn to treat the things of God with reverence and not with commonness. I pray that we all will find ways that this thing applies to us. And remember the lesson that we are not to judge ourselves by other people's standards. The Israelites judged themselves with the Philistine standards and carried the ox, carried the ark on an ox cart. And what was the result? The Lord struck Uzzah dead, because they knew better. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Do not compare yourself with the world, saying, Look at what they are doing. I also can do the same thing. If the Lord has taught you better and you are doing what some ignorant people are doing, the Lord will punish you and will spare them. Let us learn the lesson. May God help us. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for bringing these things to our notice. We have learned something else that will bring us nearer to the holiness of God and the holiness of the angels in heaven. I pray, Lord, that you will teach us to add to our previous knowledge these things now. Forgive us for the times we have, like the Philistines, carried the ark on an ox cart, jesting with the word of God, joking with it, making light of it, and the ministers and their names, and also not being um, reverential towards the communion. Forgive us for these things, Lord, and help us now to respect your word and to respect your property and the things that represent you and treat it with reverence and awe. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.